Welcome to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Let's get to know each other. Daniel, how you been, man? I've been good. I listened to some new podcasts this week. Nice. The first of which went a little bit like this. It went like this. This week in NPR Radio, Donald Trump and South Korean dictator Kim (laughs) Jong-un met at the summit to compare pee-pee sizes. (laughs) Results yeah. were inconclusive, as neither of them could find their yeah. members they to compare. They couldn't rent the electron microscope in time. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. <coughs> they had to go around yeah. the corner to the observatory. Sorry. I don't know. My week was really interesting. Man, dude, the chug is real. Yeah. The chug is real. You're working. I'm working. But yeah. by golly, if looking forward to what we do here yep. at the end of the week does not keep me plugging through yeah and here's to every one of you sorry sons of guns working your day jobs just like us keeping chugging yep. but we're doing this for us we're doing it for you yes we're it's doing good times. It. it's 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 important but i'm starting to feel the camaraderie yeah. the pride the yep. you know yeah um, and keeping up with what we do yeah and doing it well yeah this is a big weekend for well for me, definitely, probably for both of us, in that there's two things going on here. Yeah, basically. One, Incredibles 2 came out this weekend, and I'm extremely amped to see it. Uh, my, wife, my wife was like, well, you can wait until next weekend to see it, right? And I sent her the gif of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. I did my waiting 12 years of it. <laughs> <laughs> so. so true. And... and- yeah. I thought I could pass on it too initially. I was just kind of like, is this something that I can like, can't I just wait for it? And then I'll watch the trailer. And by golly, if that soundtrack mm-hmm. doesn't get me excited with old school like uh, 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 impact moments where like, dun, 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 dun. and it sounds like yeah. Mission Impossible, but also James Bond, but it's its own thing. And it's got a drum set in there. And I used to play drums. So that really excites yeah. me. And I hear it and it gets me pumped. And then they start putting it in with these action shots. And there's this weird shot of Dash. Like, he's holding Jack-Jack and trying to run. And he's running through these, like, multiple portals. Yeah. That's inside of this new house. And I'm like, damn, they're being attacked at home or something. Something's going on at home. And I see this action shot. And I'm like, no, I have to see I have to see this as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was rushing to try and get out of work on time last night just so that I could go and see it after work wasn't gonna happen no and i was like all right the last showing is at 11 40 and i was like our shift ends at 11 30 i was like guys please finish so we can get out of here on time oh, nothing i got out of there at like 12 50 no oh. and i was just like oh guess it's not happening yeah so try again tonight we'll see yeah um the other thing is denver comic-con yeah That's which is it. why we're here right now without brian yeah so that's why it's just the two of us because we're doing this on a Friday instead of our regular day because on our regular day it's Comic Con. Yeah, right. Well, you know you're so good and out of it. How many years have you volunteered at Denver Comic Con now? This will be the fifth year. That's a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I haven't like gone through the process of like elevating it all. I mm-hmm. might for next year. But um, there's different tiers of volunteer. And right now I'm just like the red shirt. I'm the grunt. I stand, manage the lines, you know, make sure that people keep moving. Nothing gets jammed up, that kind of thing. Exactly. Well, you know, you start an MMORPG and sometimes you just want to play the fighter. Sometimes you want to be in the front line. Sometimes you got to do you. But uh, the orange shirts are the ones that uh, 
go back behind the scenes with the celebrities and guide uh, them and everything. How do you earn that? What do you have to do? You sign up as crew. Oh. That's and then you go through their training as oh. crew. They have a stricter schedule, stricter guidelines, uh, a little bit more Less work. freedom? A li- yeah. Yeah. A, li- a little bit more work, work involved in it. As a big deal purveyor of said Denver Comic Con, you don't yeah. want those stricter rules, you know? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, have you ones, ever been an orange shoot shirt? No, I've always okay. been a red shirt. And then pretty much because the last few, well, the first year and the last few years, I've only signed up for one shift, mm-hmm. but I've worked every day. Oh. So, like, I'll sign up to work the last day of Comic Con for the last, for the shutdown of it, pretty much. Okay. And uh, on the days that I go and Chris and the wife is like, I don't, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. You can stay here and spend as much time as you want, yeah. whatever. But I'm yeah. going home. And I was like, okay. She goes home. And then I just go to the volunteer booth. And I'm like, hey, I'm not on the schedule, but do you need somebody? There you go. And they'll be like, yeah, come here. You got your shirt? Yeah. Okay, go. That's so funny. So, last year I met the uh, voice cast of Justice League. Ah, so I kind of freaked out a little bit on George Newbern, the oh. voice of Sp- Superman. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I kind of, I, I really don't need to meet celebrities. I get, really, <laughs> I get really, really stupid, talky. You know, like, well, yeah. I was talking to him, and um, I was like, you know, I've been watching Justice League to fall asleep on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, your voice soothes me to sleep. <laughs> That don't creep you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it does a little bit. So I, was like, like, I was like, sorry. No, they don't mind that stuff, though. If you ever listen to their stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you can, that's the cool thing about podcasts, right, is that we, we, we regularly get in podcasts, especially if you're listening to, like, the nerdier podcasts, we get to look into the lives of these people. They, like, sometimes they will mind because they're busy. Right. Other times they don't mind at all all you know what i mean yeah. and 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 some of these celebrities they're more of cool everyday people kind of like us right yeah. um for instance when uh, you meet a voice actor of a, of a of a video game yeah they might be a little bit busy at times but then other times you know if they're just walking through quick picture they'd be like yeah of course i love you you know what yeah. i mean just like you love me because you know they appreciate having fans as much as we appreciate having them well uh, yeah do said things you know yeah now, Brad Pitt can't really stop to start taking pictures because then there will be a line of a thousand people in a matter of, uh, you know, five minutes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, I don't know. And I've never even heard the name George Newbern. So, uh, yeah. it kind of points uh, you in that direction, right? Um, have you ever seen the movie Father of the Bride with Steve Martin? Yes. Long time ago, though. He was the fiance. Yeah. George okay. Newbern was. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I find that highly interesting. Yeah, and he's and he's the voice of Superman. He's awesome. He's so fucking cool. Anyway, is he the so, voice of Superman? Like the other guys, we're starting on a nerd diatribe. Maybe we sorry. should just pull off of that. I yeah, wasn't yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, now. let's let's follow the movie diatribe anyway. My question, the getting to know you question, mm-hmm. is: Do you have a go-to movie? And if you do, what is it like? And when I say go-to movie, what I mean is you're flipping through channels. You see, like, two seconds of this. You have to stop and watch the whole movie, no yeah. matter where it's at. Hmm. What is my go-to? You know, uh, that that's really tough, right? Because 
there's a lot of them. I think it usually falls into the action category, action fantasy adventure category. Okay. Because we all have those shows that we just leave on, you know, like, oh, is this going to be on? That's fine. You know what I mean? I would be able to stop on something like Lethal Weapon. Okay. I would be able to stop and leave it on. I've been falling asleep to The Departed yeah. for the last week, just catching bits and pieces of it. Anything Martin Scorsese, things like that. But then also, you know, I would be able to leave on, leave on Indiana Jones, Star Wars, right? Um, the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Most anything like that. Now, a go-to movie for something that I want to put on, it depends. And it really depends on my mood more than anything okay. because I can also put – I wouldn't put in like a scary movie, I don't think. Um, yeah. But what have I what have I been doing a lot recently? Because there's like one movie like I would put in you know like when it first came out Logan I had yeah. on repeat all the time because Logan was so phenomenal. Okay. Um, Get Out's in the scarier area, yeah. so I don't really that's not something I would put on and just leave on. But um um ooh one of my most favorites is Whiplash. Have you seen Whiplash? I've not seen Whiplash. Now Whiplash yet. is uh this got J.K. Simmons his Academy Award for best supporting actor. Right. He you know J.K. Simmons? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The guys had that award coming for a long time. Oh yeah, no, Just, that's very true. That's very true. You know, he's that's his one of his seminal roles, but it's also a movie I highly connect with because I used to drum on that level. Okay. Essentially, um, when I was in my indoor indoor percussion ensemble playing yeah. the drum set, um, that was some high pressure performance. And Whiplash is about a student who gets into this prestigious jazz ensemble, and in uh, it's not Berkeley, but it's like a high high Juilliard. It ooh, I don't remember. I don't think it's Juilliard either. Maybe it was Juilliard, but. Um, he eventually gets he's he, like he wants to be one of the greats. He right. wants to be a great jazz drummer, and this movie's great for so many reasons. And it's got this ending, man. That's just such a like. It's weird because a movie like this doesn't sound like there would be a final battle of right. any type. Right? There's a fucking final battle in this movie, and there it is drumline. amazing. Drumline. I don't want to hear that ever <laughs> again. That's my okay. We don't have any rules yet. I'm gonna. Can we – is there some kind of like stone that we could like chisel tablature into and number one is never mention drumline? Wow. Please. How can you dislike Nick Please. Cannon on a drumline? Here's why. I'm being facetious, but go ahead. I'm going to explain. You open this can of worms. <laughs> I'm about to eat for it for this. you. Okay? Or, no, I'm going to spoon feed it to you. All right. Now, what's, but I'll, eat, I'll take some of it too. I'll right. ta- it hurts me just as much to talk about drumline <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as it does to tell you about it. Number one. Uh, hero drumline, the good guys, they played worse than the winning drumline. Yes. They were not as clean, but that's because the other drumline was an actual school Yeah, that was good at drumming, right? Um, also, it's a southern-style drumline where they're strictly about performance Yeah, um, in terms of entertainment and general effect. Yeah. Not performance in terms of execution right if that makes sense so yeah technical yes all that and i forget you used to be in marching right 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 no i saw the movie too and i i fully agree with you oh yeah that's just like you're watching it's corny it's cheesy i found the funniest meme where uh there he he learns to write music it's like towards the end of the movie nick cannon can't play he gets kicked out of the ensemble for starting a fight because he was just drumming away on this guy's drum whatever the heck happened anyways he stepped out of line and (laughs) He like, they're like, wow, these beats, 
how did you write this stuff? And they like print it and they're showing it off and it's, they're like potato notes held out. And that's not even like legitimate drum tablature. Right. (laughs) And I'm just sitting here looking at, and I'm like, those are like, that's like, that looks like a, a, a five-year-old jamming out. Right. That is what that tablature looks like. Yeah. And also writing it. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's still, it's still amazing. I went and saw that movie in the theater with the wife, and she was like, is that pretty accurate? And I was like, not in my experience, but okay. Yeah, seriously. that I'm going to write down this idea because I came up with another thing to ask you, a getting okay. to know you question, because you're going to love the story I am about to tell you. After, I'm assuming you want to talk about the movies so, that you leave on just, well, just to play. They're not necessarily movies that I leave on just to play. It's that if, you know, and... This is probably going away. This won't be a thing in a few years. But, like, with cable TV, you can just sit there and flip through the channels. There will be, like, 400 channels and maybe four good ones. And as you're flipping through, different channels are playing different movies. Yeah. And so if you see one movie that you just you just see a snippet of it as you're flipping through the channels and you're like, huh, I need to watch the rest of that. Go right. back and finish it. Yeah. So like these aren't necessarily movies that I that I love or even really like. It's just if it's on, I have to finish it. Interesting. Okay. So like one of them which I love, the Shawshank Redemption. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? And the water <laughs> receded. That's as much as I know about it. Okay. I have not seen it. Is Shawshank Redemption like, is that a Stephen King? Yes. Okay. It's based on a short story by Stephen King called uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Okay, cool. And it's a prison break movie. Right. So it's, well, you know Morgan Freeman's in it and the voice of God. And also Robert Redford. Redford's not in it. (laughs) Who is it? Who's the white guy then? Tim Robbins. Close enough. Close enough. Continue. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Hang on, hang on. Oh boy. Okay. Tim Robbins and Robert Redford are. <laughs> my okay. next guess was Jack Nicholson. That, fair enough. So, uh, this guy goes through years of torture in this prison for okay. a crime he didn't commit, and he's. It's a very. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a decent short story. It's an excellent movie. So that's one that if I'm flipping through channels and I see like we're at the near end, I'll still stop, go back, and finish the movie. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then also they put the dry sponge on his head when they electrocute him. That's Green Mile. Also have not seen the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big Stephen King guy, are you? No, I love Stephen King. Don't get me wrong. It's just got to be, you know, I, I got to make the time to watch these things. Right. And, you know, get around to doing those things. And, you know, between work and trying to put more games back in my life yeah. and editing a podcast, you know, it's rough. But I really do. I really do need to watch Green Mile. I know that. Shawshank, is Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption that good? Oh, yeah. Okay. If you have to watch either Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. watch Shawshank. Really? Yeah. Huh. It is leaps and bounds better okay. than the Green Mile. Okay. Don't get me wrong, Green Mile's a fine movie as well. Right. I highly enjoy it. Well, of course. But Shawshank is just 
kind of from the revenge porn standard too, where you're just like at oh, the really? end, you're just like, yes, yeah, get him, get him, yes, it's like Whiplash, yeah. too. That watching yeah. that will get you pumped. Yeah. yeah, it has the Shawshank Redemption has less of a sci-fi mm-hmm. feel to it, more of a realistic feel, mm-hmm. and just justice out the ass. Very satisfying ending. Okay, yeah, no, I'm down. Green I'm Mile down. is a little bit more mystical. Okay, right. And a little less satisfying of an ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Which I know, like, the, the premise of these things and how yeah. they kind of work, so I just kind of like, okay. Another one of those is Con Air. Mm. <sighs> Con Air I must watch to completion anytime it's on. Yep. If I'm flipping through channels and I'm like, oh, Con Air, okay. Yep. That one's just also, like, really morbid. Like, the first thing I remember of that movie every time is Steve Buscemi playing <laughs> dolls with this yeah. little girl. And I'm like, oh, he they, they had him in a face mask, uh, yeah. like, holding him away. What is yeah. that sound? That's Zelda. That sound? I couldn't tell if it was Zelda or you farting. Zelda. You okay, down, Zelda? Man. You're like, ow, ow. She ow, does this ow. thing. She'll She's, like, a weird asthmatic. <laughs> there you go. Hope that Mike picked that one up because that was it juicy. Sh- it sure did. <laughs> Do you need the Heimlich, Zelda? Are you okay? No, this is her. This is her excitable you breathing. Weenie. Oh, excitable breathing. Yes. Okay, cool. She right. gets over really excited and she's like, <laughs> Yeah, well, whatever so. she hocked up, there was definitely moisture. Oh, no. And it was a little, a little bit on the back of my. I don't think it was spit up. Yeah. So no. much as like I felt the heat of. Just a hacking cough. Humidity. Well. Yeah, definitely. So. That's fine. No, she's nice. fine. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is something else that's an easy, easy one to leave on. Yeah. And just let play, you know. Um, nice. The first one or any of them? That's generally the first one. Okay. Um, the other one you would think is not, like, the last two are not as, as viable or worthy for leaving on, and you know. But I think still, I would say yes if it was on, but Curse of the Black Pearl is just way more popular. So you, yeah. you know, you end up leaving that one on more often. Um, and apparently, at World's End is popular enough to put in a Kingdom Hearts game, because that's what was just announced last week. Okay. That. So I'm like, okay. I just hope Dead Man's Chest is in there, too, if they're going to do it at World's End, but probably. They would almost have to. Yeah. Just because the plot lines are so interwoven between those two. Very much so. But, you know. And then uh, 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 with with movies that you leave on, and you just do Inception and yeah. also Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. Those ones are easy. Those yeah. are classics. Those are leave-on classics for me at least. Yeah. What are what are your leave-on classics, folks? What are the movies you leave on when you go to sleep? Yeah, let us know on the Twitter. I forgot to plug at the beginning. At yes. WDMR Podcast. What was that, Rich? At WDMR Podcast on Twitter. Who would have thought? I yeah. forgot, too. I was like, huh, maybe we can just slide this in here. Yeah, we, you know, perfect. We'll do a soft, soft works off. entry. It works out. Soft core start. Nice. Intro of said porno. Nice. <sighs> I see you have something written over there, Dan. I do. I almost wonder if we should leave that for the end. You know okay. what I mean? Because, like, this one's just very, you know, that one I have a very, I have a pretty interesting, it's almost as interesting as Woody and a Buzz. It's one of the more risque things I've done in my life. Okay. Um, but something I really have known I wanted to talk about, not just remembered uh, just now, is talking about deliberate jerks and the rules of being nice. Okay. Because 
it's it's really really weird um in my profession i've got things to do i've got things to get done you know um and i have to work around customers stocking products right and go from store to store doing it and there's this weird unspoken rule of how to be nice but also how to put yourself first right in a weird way i find myself more often than not having to put myself first because a i have a job to get done and B, because I feel like people are just stupid. <laughs> Generally, I'm the kind of guy who, if someone, you know, I'm wearing a blue shirt and shorts, blue shorts in a Target, and then someone walks up to me and goes, hey, where's automotive? Where's the baby stuff? Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I would love to help you find that, but if I spent the time helping every single person who walked up to me yeah. asking for help, that would add an extra two hours to my day easily yeah right and it sucks because you know i was brought up with under a a banner one rule be nice yeah sorry i have feel sneeze going on coming on oh oh okay (laughs) now just throw it right in the mic no 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 i'm I'm imagining biting a grapefruit and that's making it go away oh is it yeah oh okay so that's all right i was uh sorry continue that's okay being Um, nice no, 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 that's fine. Um, there's a couple of, like, tactics to not sneeze, which are pretty cool. Yeah. Like scaring someone. And I was thinking about just being like, earthquake. But I think you would realize pretty quick that, you know, there wasn't one an earthquake. So <laughs> I didn't say that. Tornado. No, you can see that. No, you yeah. can see outside. Anyways, so being nice. No, it is a tough role. And, you know, I, I was curious where you're at. Because, I, I, again, I find myself just in more situations where I don't want to be nice. And it's weird. Yeah. It's just weird. I was run, I was raised with one role be nice find find that how do you go out of your way to be nice but also not be walked all over is another thing yeah that's that's the line where i struggle um i i've just always had uh, quite a bit of empathy just in my in my natural thinking process i'm trying to think of the whole picture not just my end not just your end but the whole end yeah so when, and when I'm doing that, I'm like, okay, what's going to be the most beneficial for everyone involved? Mm-hmm. And that's how I decide my actions. Yeah. So even if even if it's to my detriment, but it's to the betterment of the entire group, mm-hmm. that's how I will. That's the path I will choose. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there are times where I'm intending to be nice. And I come off as a jerk. Right. And there will be times where I'm intending to come off as a jerk. And that's exactly what the person wants. <laughs> and it, so they're like, thank you. Right. So and then a lot of times I've noticed that. Um, well, there was a person I work with that was like, I honestly cannot tell when you're being serious or when you're joking. So I just always assume you're joking. Mm, yeah. And I was like. That's a pretty safe way to go. Yeah. You know, but then I think about that and I'm like, is that how I come across to everybody? Just Mm -hmm. constantly in that gray area? Yeah. But then there's also the fine line of after that where we're also the kind of people who are pretty good at deciding, is this a hill worth dying on? Yeah. Are we even going to have to have a legitimate conversation? And I think we're both pretty much laid back enough that it never has to be. 
a big old conflict resolution thing unless someone's been repeatedly fucking with us for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in your example, I used I used to work in a grocery store when I was in high school. Sure. I was started as bag boy, moved up to stocker, moved up to cashier, ended up becoming a floater where I could go around any department or whatever. Sure. And there would be there's always 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 the harassed housewife that comes in and is just on her bitch path. Yeah. And she's going to just be a bitch no matter what the interaction. Mm-hmm. Even if you are being the nicest you can possibly be. Yeah. She's just going to be the the sloppiest cunt you've ever met. Pretty much. I enjoy that. Anyway. So when when in those situations, that's where I'm like, that's where I learned pick your battles. Yeah, ain't that the, the truth? Which hill is this? The hill you want to die on today? Yeah, is just in dealing with people like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The ones that get me though are the people that default to that mm-hmm. just to get their way. They've learned this is the best way to go through life, so that I always get what I want. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the, the the worst thing is because when they do that, and you have to look at it from that perspective, and kind of remo- remove yourself from sit. Now, one of my coworkers is like that, where I don't think that they've said to me um, anything that's true ever. I feel like every other thing that comes out of their mouth, mouth is a lie. Right. Uh, whether they need they, they need help with what they're doing or you know me picking up their workload, and it's because they're being sketchy. It's because they have a second job. It's because they have uh, because they do want to slack off because they want to go home and drink. And it's just kind of like um, catching you your lies pretty often now. And yeah. uh, you're trying to pass this off. Let's not. How about if you be a genuine person? And stop lying. Um, said person was willing to accuse uh, people of sexual harassment regularly. Uh, if that means that they can stay untouched in their position of abuse. <laughs> so, like, it's – no, it's it's a whole thing. What do we do about jerks is my next biggest thing. You know what I mean? Because there is the whole rule of being nice where, like, you know, there's shades of gray and that's a situational thing, right? Kind of in the same way we were talking about the trolley. Um, And this philosophical thing. But God, it's hard to talk with the earphones on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hearing it real time and then it plays back. And where are you, Brian? I need you. Um, But, no, I think that that it's this tough part of where (laughs) – Man, it's I'm not a fighter, but there are some times where people do things to me and I'm just kind of like, would you like to step outside with me? Yeah. And do that again to my face. You know, at at one point I remember in one of the very first things I wrote down that I wanted to talk to you about the podcast, but then, you know, this was before we split it in half and had the time to talk about more than just nerd things and then, right. you know, do this podcast is that I was pulling a pallet once, um, early morning. I'm allowed to pull pallets onto the floor from the warehouse. And this guy's walking across with a basket, and I kind of slow down, and he stops to let me go. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, well, crap. And so I get a burst of speed, and I yank the pallet, and I'm, like, going. And then he starts walking again, and he starts brushing up against the pallet <sighs> as if he was blind in the first place. And then he scoffs and looks at me, and it's nudging his basket. That's the only thing it ends up doing. It's not like I'm full-on about to knock this guy over. But it runs it, and then he looks at me like, what are you doing existing in my path right now? Uh, he did that He did that 
you should literally just have stopped existing so that I could have walked past you. Yeah. Kind of mindset. And I could tell from the way he looked at me, the way he pretended like that that palette rubbing against him was like a sudden like gum on his shoe or something like where where did this come from at that point that was one of the closest times i've ever been to to like hold up motherfucker yeah i can tell the way you're thinking right now and if you need a lesson in manners i'd love to take you out front or out back yeah and clock out (laughs) and teach you some manners you know what i mean yeah do that again yeah. And it's tough. Where where do you see that line drawn for you in these situations? You have far more uh, 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 experience in your life <coughs> being older than me. Yeah. You know, um, have you ever come to fruition in terms of needing to set your your standard like that? Um, I. It, the difficulty for me is I'm not a violent guy like at all. I'm trying to remember the last time I got into a fist fight. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't occur that often. Mm -hmm. And a big benefit in that is my size. There's a lot of times where I don't have to even make a fist. All I have to do is stand up straight, put on the stern voice, and the conflict is over. True. So. You've got a solid foot on me, too. So. I mean, I'll always go for the resolution, the nonviolent resolution over the violent resolution. But um, right. there have been a couple times. And typically, it's if you threaten my wife, it's it's on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were living downtown, there was a guy moved in next in the house next to us. Cause yeah. It was like a row of duplexes, pretty much. And he was in the side of the duplex right next to our side of our duplex. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the chihuahuas and everything and dogs and they would bark, you know, and this is right downtown. This is like maybe three quarters of a mile from Capitol building. I remember you were showing us that. Yeah. So this is like, this is right smack on the main strip, like two blocks south of the busiest street in Denver, two blocks north. Sorry. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all night there's helicopters flying by, there's homeless people, there's bars and whatever. So there's always noise. It's city. There's noise. It's true. For whatever reason, my dog's barking really got under this guy's skin. Okay. And he would leave these passive aggressive notes on our on our door while we're gone wonderful while the dogs are inside being like your dog's barking is out of control and everything i'm gonna call animal control and i was just like dude do you think you live in the fucking sticks yeah right what what well i i went and talked to him and i was like look dude i i understand i gotta have my dogs out you want your quiet how about this? I will do my I will do everything in my power to keep them quiet from this time to this time. And then from say seven o'clock in the morning until like seven at night, they can do whatever they want. It's also can, noise ordinance rules. Right. You can't do much. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll do my best to keep them quiet between seven PM to seven AM. Right. And he was like, That's that that'd be great. Perfect. Thank you. Okay couple weeks later mm-hmm. my wife comes home from work lets the dogs out and her friend comes over and she you know 
she leaves the dogs out in the backyard and she was like, I'm, let's go grab a pizza and then we'll come back. You know, be gone 10 minutes. No big deal. Leaving yeah. the dogs out. She comes back. This guy is waiting for her in our front yard, gets right in her face and is screaming at her about being inconsiderate with the dogs barking. And so she tells me this and I was like, what? I can't, I come home after this and she's like, yeah. And her friend's telling me, and she was like, yeah, it was kind of scary. I'm all smiles right now. And I was like, I was like, this seriously happened? <laughs> they were like, yeah. Oh, okay. Man. So I write him a little passive aggressive note. Because <laughs> I knew he wasn't home. And I put it on his door. And it was one of these that said, you know, let me explain something to you. Dogs bark. That's how they let each other know that's, you know. There's shit to be aware of. It's an alert system. It's, you know, dogs bark. Mm -hmm. Second off, you're in the middle of a metropolitan city. There is noise all the fucking time. True. You've got to calm your, you got to calm your tits there, sugar bear. But so I see him get home and I see him get the note and he goes inside and I'm sitting out on the porch having a cigarette. And then I go over and knock on his door. And he comes out and he's like, hey, man, I, want, I wanted to talk to you. And I was like, okay, let's talk. And we, he's reasonable talking to me. He's like, I, I realize dogs bark. And, are, and I was like, dude, we are inside of the time frame that we agreed on. Yeah. Why did you feel you were in the right to go after my wife like that he was like oh no no man it wasn't like and i was like dude come on and he just kept denying it denying it denying it and i was like okay tell you what from 9 p.m to 7 a.m i'm gonna do my best to keep those dogs quiet mm -hmm. but you're not gonna say anything if it's before 9 p.m or after 7 a.m deal and he goes well that gives you a bigger window on me and i go deal he was like, oh, I'll have to look at the laws. And I was like, then we have a deal. Yeah. Because that was, is noise ordinance. It's yeah. like 10 p.m. Yeah. Is well, and I mean, and even downtown, it doesn't really matter. Mm -mm. Because, I mean, we were two blocks away from a hospital. You're going to hear all we're kinds of shit. Four blocks away from the police station. It's so it's, true. Yeah. 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 You know, that was kind of my point in looking when we were renting, as I was like, I want to be on the same power grid as the hospital and the police station. Mm -hmm. Because if the power goes out in a snowstorm or something, they're the first ones getting turned back on. It's true. Yeah. Nice. So, and Christy was like, well, why would the power go out? And I was like, snow, whatever. Yeah. Right. Post apocalyptic that. scenario. Yeah. 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 Sonara Rario. Yeah. These headphones make me talk so dumb. <laughs> I miss Brian so much right now. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway. And Christy would, would, would never lie about something like that. No. You know, um, something, you know th there's this whole other double standard where um, some men are raised to treat women like shit. That's that was the deal with this guy. You could, yeah. If he did something like that, but he's going to talk to you and he's going to pretend like nothing's wrong. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. There's there's a fine line. There are people. I was <laughs> I was finishing my parents patio um, they built a deck and I was helping them finish their deck okay yeah. and um, my my 
dad had uh one of his friends over and he generally brings his wife and then they will like uh these guys are like in age gap difference the same as you and me as to where my dad is like 50 something my mom and dad are 50 something and so um said friends are gonna be like 70 80 something right they're quite quite old damn near 90s i'm thinking Okay. Um, and they're cool and they like their dog and um, they left the windows open and I'm over here like bolting in and planks mm-hmm. and I'm listening to the conversation inside and I overhear them talking about their, their grandson and um, one of the comments I heard made was that uh, one of their one of their grandsons they were they were trying to convince not to date a black African American girl they said uh, that one of their other now keep in mind yeah. Keep in mind, the comment, not that it makes it any better, is um, one in the family is enough. Oh. So I don't think they were straight blatantly not okay with it. But the fact that it was it was something that they were being accepting of because times change, it sounds like. But – this brings me back to the sentiment that I have and these thoughts that I continue to have about how times change and people change and things are going to keep changing in that there's a reason these people are going to die soon. Yeah. And then the way they feel, the the way they think is gone. It's gone with them. Because I cannot I, – I almost left. I almost immediately – I was like, guys, I'm going to come back and finish the, the deck later, but I can't sit here and listen to this kind of rhetoric and it's not like it was deliberate hate speech no. so much as i also feel like if i had brought any 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 of my homosexual friends over that they might have also been convinced that my said homosexual friends would try to convert them or something this is yeah. how old and thinking these people were right and um and boy i'm glad i don't see them very often and i don't think my parents hang out with them very often but uh hearing those guys that, that kind of that kind of comment and I'm just like, this is the only time that I think the world's the the world's gonna be a better place when you're gone. <laughs> yeah, it, the world is going to be a much better better place when you're gone. Plain and simple. Yeah, I I wish that. I mean, I I have optimism that that is the way that will be, but I it's tough to see it in practice, man. Because people like that are the ones that have ten kids. Also true. And those kids are living in this house with these people that are talking like that and thinking like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew a kid in I knew a kid in Georgia that got pulled out of every school he got he went to because his parents didn't want him going to that N-word loving school. Great. And so he ended up dropping out, not because he didn't want to learn, but because he just kept getting pulled. From any school he went, because he would come home and be like, you know, what'd you learn in class today? Oh, we learned about George Washington Carver. <laughs> yeah. You ain't wow. going back to that. See, that's just so, so aggravating. Yeah. And, and I mean, the the way to fight that kind of thought is is education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely that's the heart and soul of it. And have you seen any of these videos that people are putting together like typically right wing or your neo-nazi groups yeah, or whatever yeah. the white nationalists and they put these videos together showing that uh immigration in France is going to shift the culture of France because now there are more muslim refugees in France than there are french 
Have you seen any of those videos? Anything like that? I haven't that? seen one of those. No, but okay. I, 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 you know, obviously know of said rhetoric. Yeah, I mean that. I my boss was showing me this. Video. He was like, "Check this out. This is interesting." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And he shows me this video, and it's obvious. It's obvious to me. It's mm-hmm. obvious that it was put together by some white power group or whatever. Obviously. And it's saying that, you know, with all the Muslims that are leaving the Middle East because of war or whatever, and they're becoming Mm -hmm. refugees, Mm -hmm. they're going to other countries, and there's so many of them that they are starting to take over the culture in these countries. And it's mainly happening in Europe, and Europe's a little different from here in that they have been there for so long. Mm Mm-hmm. France has existed for 2,000 years. The United States has been around for 240. Yeah. So so there's a difference there. But my boss is showing me this, and I was like, don't tell me you're buying into this crap. And he goes, what? It's true. Look at that. And I was like, no, no. First Mm -hmm. off, the numbers might be true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the that's the thought process going on there. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I was like, Matt, when you go to a different country, do you insist that everyone else act more American? Or do you do your best to act more French? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so it's not going to be a cultural shift. What it's going to be is a lowering of the religion. And he's like, how is that? And I had to explain to him, you know, that the one thing that beats religion is education. Yeah. Okay. Most people don't become atheists until they go to college and realize that the whole religious bit going to hell for bad behavior or whatever is just a means of control. It's true. Yeah. And so when they get to college and they take the one philosophy course, they figure out they know every bit of the universe and that there is no God. Well, no. Well, I, no. Here's the deal. That's not exactly the direction that the the, the people being educated are going to are going right, to take, right? Because right. there's I, still the people that you know want to combine science and their religion, which is fine. Let you know, let people have their spirituality. And you and I have had conversations where um, we kind of talk about it, and also where we're at in religion. Which you know, f- man, we're getting so deep into it today that it's almost are. like you know, it's almost m- more worth to talk about. Uh, Atheism might not be the immediate conclusion that any educated person is going to come to, right? right? But also these people that are insisting on creationism are going to have a harder time, much harder time proving their point (laughs) when they see that evolution is a thing, Um, when they see that our planet and our galaxy is much older than their idea that they have at how this is all being this is all happening you know um and as far as things are concerned i i'm on the whole thing where because i think you're you're pretty much straight up atheist right no no i'm agnostic i'm definitely agnostic same it's uh there's a whole spirituality thing that i think is acceptable um it's when you use these roles to control people that's when it becomes wrong right you know said religions religion can die religion can die you know what i mean yeah it's uh organized religion basically no it's like the last jedi again let it die yep (laughs) let's all have a forward way of thinking and change and be better but you know um if people want to hold on to it at that that's fine um you know 
the way these things change man we are on going on like i wonder what our tangential thing is leading us to as as far as our conversation is taking us because i think so far it's it's easy for people to figure out from this conversation that we don't like jerks yep a b we love you no matter what color you are oh yeah um c uh, uh, we will never persecute you for your religious decisions, and we expect you to do the same for us and anyone in existence. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I just—it's it, been building for a while with me the whole issue of tribalism. Yeah. Especially as it relates to religion, color, gender, and sexuality. Yeah. It's like anybody in control really, really, really wants to control. What you do in the bedroom, in the privacy of your own home, mm-hmm. um, what you do to your neighbor, and they're really, really concerned that you feel better, that you feel that you are better than someone else. So true. Even as a group. And I, that's why a lot of the, a lot of the racial and tribal stuff really kind of just greets to me. Same. You know, and it's... Same. It's, you know, I'll hear, I'll hear a black comic make a joke about white people being racist and even that gets to me a little bit not not that it's not funny uh, you know it's like yeah that's funny and i realize that's part mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. person's experience and it's true everything like dave Chappelle's awesome about it but, um but it gets to me in that you know it's like i don't think i'm that way but am i yeah well we don't want to be uh just chalked up to one big populace just as much as any other said race right want that right you know what i mean um there's like typical white boy things and you know they say these things that we can be itemized like that because we have not yet been victimized the way other way races have been and now it's starting to get to this point where we are like on the borderline of getting victimized in this way that we're kind of seen as a joke you know um which is like uh also just saying that in general at the end of the day also puts us in this in this group in this boat of uh oh wah wah guys you've yeah. you, you've got it so hard right and which is stupid um and at the end of the day it becomes a first world problem but also just more like a uh, least inconvenienced race yeah <laughs> you know well, no. problem and the thing is that there's there i've interacted with people I mean, going from Indiana, moving from Indiana to Georgia, mm-hmm. and then from Georgia to here, yeah, has given me a l- much larger perspective than I had, say, just living in Indiana. Because in Indiana, I went to a high school with 2,000 people, and there were 10 people that weren't white. I think there was maybe three black kids. Interesting. Total. There and there was like maybe, you know, five, six Mexican kids. Okay. And this was and there were quite a few Asian kids, but the Asian kids kinda got lumped into the white kids. It was strange. Mm-hmm. Just the way the thought process worked. It was like you know, well, we're cool after World War Two. Fine. Anyway. But um then I go to Georgia and it was like my wife was like, yeah, there was, it was, you know, how many, she asked how many black kids were in my school. And I told her like maybe, maybe three. And she was like, oh my God, because in her school it was half and half. I bet. 
you know, and that was her experience growing up. And I was just like, wow. Right. And then I hear her and her mom talk about the things we're talking about now. And it is a much different spin. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So, but my, my central point here, because I'm derailing anyway, everyone has their struggles. Yeah. No one's life is easy. Nope. Okay. And it's, your life isn't harder or easier based on the color of your skin, your religion, your sexual identity, your gender or anything. Your life's going to be hard. Based on how other people treat you. Yeah. There are, there are going to be struggles that other people aren't going to have. I've had struggles that other people are not going to have. It's true. Okay. But I've had some struggles that are extremely common for people to have. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, at least I'm a white guy. No, that doesn't, that doesn't ease the struggle. No, not entirely. Not that racism is dead, though. That's, no. you know, another thing. No, and racism isn't going uh, to die because. No. I think it's going to decrease a lot, though, in terms of that next way of thinking, you know, and going back to the way your neighbor talked about, you know, you know talk to Christy is that um, also men are going to treat women much better. You know what I mean? Like this has to come with time. I think that's probably one of the first things. Um, and then gay rights and then racism. They're, I mean they are all going to have to disintegrate. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think there's – at the end of the day, yeah, dumb IQ of 10 redneck next door is – yeah, they're going to have 10 kids and tell them all, well, you know, your woman is here to cook your food and do what you say. Uh, those colored people down the street, you don't need to be friends with them because yeah. they're just going to bring you down for whatever reason. That That's eventually going to die because at the end of the day, there are more forward-thinking pe- people. Yeah. There are far more forward-thinking people than backwards-thinking th- people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, man, it's tough and it's it's... It's just such a struggle, but at the end of the day, there's little things you can do. You know what I mean? I think the first time that I realized, um, not that I ever thought that it was good or bad, but that there truly was no difference between us was when my mom told me that she had a huge crush on Will Smith. (laughs) I think it was like, you know, when Men in Black and Wild Wild West was coming out, I was just kind of like, man, he's the coolest. I'm I'm like, should I I get the brown glasses at Burger King Mm. instead of the black ones? Because... It, the, the brown glasses of the white guy and she's like I'm gonna get you one of each <laughs> so you can switch them out and Will Smith's one hunk of a man <laughs> nice <laughs> and I was like you know what mom you're right and then I started questioning my sexuality mm. and that's a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole other podcast whoa yes. inceptions no. of the sexual sexception nice oh, sexception uh, uh, we can title so the, the next episode that sexception the, uh, take my keys off my belt because I'm grinding on the chair. Anyway, uh, but my my central point in that, in the whole struggle bit, is that maybe we should stop focusing on how somebody else has it better because they don't have our struggle. Yeah. Maybe we should shift that focus to how can we make everybody else's struggle less of a struggle? It's so true. Yeah. Like... I agree. But I... And I... I mean... I've been around and paying attention long enough to know that that's how people in power stay in power is that you're not thinking about how hard you're being screwed by them. You're thinking about how much better off you are to one other group. 
you're thinking about how, well, I'm enlightened. I'm a better person because I'm enlightened. Or mm -hmm. I'm a better person than that guy down the street because I'm a different color. Or I'm a better person because I choose to have sex with the opposite sex. Yeah. The pro-choice ones. Are, they're, no. no. The choice, the people that think homosexuality are cho is a choice crack me up. No, seriously, right? They, they make oh me, my gosh. They make me laugh so hard. It's like, okay, if you think being gay is mm -hmm. a choice, mm -hmm. it's because you are choosing to have sex with your and wife there's instead of a dude. Therapists that are like, that specialize in changing your sexuality back. There's, there's, you know, pr we're going to pray the gay away. Things like that. There's so, the idea is so moronic. <laughs> it's so moronic. It Let it's people, so dumb. Yeah, if any of you are wondering, you know, and we're what this is going to be episode seven, I think, of of when of when Daniel met Rich, which makes me really good. Seven seven is a special number to me. It's really important, and I'm glad we've had this conversation to kind of establish that um, you're welcome to be a fan, no matter what color you are, no matter who you have sex with, no matter what religion you do or don't follow. That's not how we roll here. Yeah. We might have our thoughts about things individually on the state of the world, but at the end of the day, there was still the number one rule. Yep. Be nice. Be nice. It's pretty yes. easy. It yeah. is. <laughs> as, as one Bill or said Ted would say to him. <laughs> <laughs> Be excellent to each other. I, do, we still, do you have that shirt? Yes, From I your do. Loot box? Me too. We should wear that. We should, we should coordinate that and wear it on the Definitely. same day. It was like make it on love every one day. Be excellent to one yeah. another. Today I'm wearing the Lego shirt. It was, no, I see that. No, it's really nice. It, it looks it's, good on the camera, too. It does look good on the camera. Now, you've got to describe to the audio listeners, he's wearing a shirt that's... So, I'm wearing a shirt with two Lego blocks, two, um, one, two by one four red, one brick, blue. yeah, full brick with arms and legs. They each have arms and legs, and they are fastened together, and the one behind is his arms wrapped around the one in front. And the one in front has a speech bubble that says Lego. And the one in the back has a speech bubble that says no. Lego. Not let go. Not let go. Lego. Lego. As in the interlocking architectural construction toy. It's one of my more favorite shirts that you own. I thank you. And I really like it. I think that's really cool. Did you have another getting to Because, I mean, I have a pretty straight up getting to know you question that cool. we can throw out real quick. Do our special story um, that I was teasing earlier. I'm so glad this is where the go-to movie question tangentialized. Too. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway. Well, uh, we also only have like 22 minutes cool. to finish before I have to pack Let's up go. and get over to Cody because this is, you know, just a weird day. But right. have you ever been through a hazing um, or a kind of hazing ritual? Um, there are obviously some hazing rituals that get out of hand. People die yeah. in certain fraternities doing what they will or won't do. Now, um, I I went through my own special sort of hazing ritual as a drummer in an ensemble, but I can get to that. I was curious if you've had to do anything of the same type. Did you need to be spanked with a paddle? I, Did you need to eat worms? Anything? When I when I was in college, uh, I was rushing all the fraternities. There was like eight fraternities on campus. I rushed all of them, and I got um, I got invited to pledge to six of them. And I was like, man, which house do I want to go with? Which house do I want to go with? Which house do I want to go with? 
And I'm going around and I'm thinking about the guys that are members of this house and I'm looking at other fraternity members mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the alumni because I'm like, okay, who has a fraternal brother in what I eventually want to do? Yeah. So basically I'm looking for a house that has members in the FBI because at the time I was going to school to be an FBI profiler. Really? I went to school for forensic science at first. So I was doing I a double major. I was doing a double major in criminal justice and psychology. That's really cool. Yeah. It was dude, that year was freaking hectic. Uh-huh. I w- I had like an 18 credit course level for the first year. My first year of college. Jesus Christ. And so my and I didn't I got into the program but I didn't get the advisor for the program. <laughs> So the guy that was my advisor was just the psychology advisor. And he was like, oh, you want to go this path? Okay, well, let's just take this course, this course, this course. These are like advanced courses. Oh, boy. That, you know, I should have been like my third year of criminal justice before taking this one. But Mm -hmm. he was just like, pull him out of a hat. Anyway. Um, So I did pick one fraternity. And when it came time for the hazing, I I became a coward and backed out. And did not join that fraternity. Okay. So. I wouldn't want to get spanked by hooded men either. Oh, I don't think it was that. What was it? Do you, know what it was, the, do you know what it was? I believe it was the elephant walk. What is what is the elephant walk? I'm confused. Should we Google it? The elephant walk is all the pledges get in a circle with a string tied or taped to their nose and then taped to the top of the butt crack of the guy in front of him. And it's a big circle. Then, as the circle progresses, you walk it. It's almost like musical chairs in that you walk until a, while a song is playing, when the song ends, they cut it in half, reaffix, and so now you're, you've got half the chord length. Fuck that. And then when the song ends, you've got half that chord length. So before you know it, everybody's nose is to everyone else's ass. You're human centipeding towards the end of this. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Weird. I wasn't on board. I quit. Yeah. I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. Sorry. Right? Yeah. So I was more than happy to rush houses, but I didn't pledge any of them because I was like, you guys get weird. And I ain't down with you getting weird. Yeah, basically. So. I think, you know what, what, we should start our own fraternity. <laughs> we should. Yeah, where the hazing is cheeseburgers and milkshakes. Yes. We just get to eat them. There's nothing weird about it. Yep. We're just going to have cheeseburgers and milkshakes. Yep. Our Greek name will be Tapakega Brew. Done. No, that's easy, right? <laughs> there we no. Go. Everyone join the fraternity. It's going to be called When Daniel Met Rich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Episode seven, the pot awakens. <laughs> yeah, right. No, seriously, we don't need to be. We don't. You know, that's it's all stupid. Let's just be nice to each other. Yeah. Let's not humiliate each other. Um, I get the I get the bond created by a hazing ritual. Sure, and that anybody else that is going through that ritual with you, you guys are. It, it's like you've seen war. It's true. Yeah. So I get it, especially when you're nose deep in someone else's butt crack. Yeah. Oh, it just seems Christ. pointless. It's just really, 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 really gross. Yeah. So there's some things. Now, I I did go through with a somewhat hazing. It was more of a ritual um, where when I was in 
my percussion ensemble, which will remain unnamed in this episode, but I'm sure you're all going to find out what it is anyway. And this isn't uncommon. Now, I played in an indoor percussion ensemble at the independent world-class level. Okay. This is specifically a drumline and front ensemble from a drum and bugle corps where they would also have the same hazing ritual, but uh, it sounds much, much more rough now. Mm-hmm. To continue, uh, each show in marching band, and I'm sure you remember this, Rich, you would be graded on you know your musicality, your general effect, yep. um, your show, all those things, right? Um, yeah. They decided uh, this hazing, this ritual, is what they would call the rookie talent show. And they would give you the option of doing it how you want to do it. You are you need to do a talent, and you are graded on the four factors, the first of which is general effect, just like the other one, right? Yeah. Um, the next thing, I forget if it's musicality or if it was something else, but I remember the last two. You're graded on shock factor okay, and nudity. Don't remember those in the state competitions, but okay. Right? No, they were a little bit different, but, you know, this was for the talent show. This is something that was performed on the bus on the way back from Dayton, Ohio, which was world, world, you know, competition, which was pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I won. Nice. I did, but that's because when you leave it up to me, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to capitalize. Nice. these things i'm going to do these things so i know a, a couple of things that the other guys did and from from stories before there was a guy who jerked off onto a piece of bread um put peanut butter on another piece of bread smashed it together and ate it there was another one where apparently someone uh chugged a gatorade bottle full of loogies from the entire ensemble you might have to slow down i can only get so hard <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the table's <laughs> lifting, and I don't know why. <laughs> no, that's horrifying. Yeah, no, seriously. And these yeah. guys, uh, another couple of guys just literally dropped their pants and played naked charades. Right? So I decided Please to tell me that the penis was used when they were trying to act out the movie The Elephant Man. <laughs> just drape it over my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gush this movie. Anyways, so <laughs> it's ridiculous. Once again, there's some asshole talking shit behind my back. <laughs> I really hope his breath don't stink, and I hope he didn't puke. Continue. No, it's. I'm sorry. No, I was like, <laughs> someone's playing a trumpet in here. <laughs> He's announcing the king's entry. We're gonna stop. Flocking I'm gonna tell everyone what I did. I'm gonna okay. tell everyone what I did. Okay, so right. um, picked up lube at the gas station and uh, heating lube to make sure I was erect. When I did strip down. So I did strip down. Um, I covered myself with my jacket hoodie. It was part of the uniform. And uh, I had people draw tattoos on me in the front, the other freshmen, um, like a tram stamp um, with our uh, ensemble director's name on it. Things like that. Nice. Right. Drawn across across my chest, too. Um, Just like a member for life thing it was just stupid so i walk in and i have my hoodie jacket draped across the front but tied across the back so naturally everyone i walk past on the bus could see my ass to begin with they knew what was going on and so i walk in and i set up my drum pad um in front of me i had it leveled just right Zelda, i'm telling a story i see you 
um, I love you, not now. And I set up my drum pad, right? And my sticks. <clears throat> and I turn on a song. It's a, uh, I, I, uh, my performance went to Acid Rain by Liquid Tension Experiment. Okay. Very popular song. Yeah. With, with the group, just because uh, Mike Portnoy and that drumming, it was just very, very fun. So yeah. um, it was a little bit of a, just a little bit of drumming in the beginning. And then when the song kicks into high gear, I pull off the jacket, I flip it back, I take my dong, I put it on the pad, and I start drumming around it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so there's a couple of maneuvers you can do. Um, that will get you a high score in general effect. Exactly. Exactly. It's a general effect. I already have a 10 in nudity at that point. You know what I mean? Um, For the shock factor, I did a couple of things. Now, there are things on quad drums or quince or what are the ones with six drums on? I don't know. The sex drums? Sex tuplet drums. Um, Anyways, I'm not that smart right now. So uh, you would do scrapes, right? If you need to do a double stroke very very fast across these big wide drums, you would scrape across, which is basically living the gravity of a rebound a double stroke yeah. across them and i decided to do this at one point over my junk <sighs> so i'm going back and forth over the top doing double strokes during another part another part i take my stick i put it underneath and i grab my dick and i use it as another mm-hmm. drumstick nice i have two questions Shoot. about this first off did you practice yes okay not with my junk. I didn't actually perform with my junk until I was doing it. You did not practice at home this maneuver with your junk on mm, I found out this was happening when we got on the bus to go back. Okay. That was when we got on the bus. The uh, ensemble leader got up at the front of the bus as soon as we were driving and said, All right, freshman. This, this, this is, is the deal. This is what's happening on the way home. And then that was it. And then we stopped at a gas station at one point. That's when I bought the lube nice. to make sure I was as erect as possible. Nice. Because I wanted it to take up a large surface area. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone is, you know, that, you know, limp. No one is has that much surface area. You right. know what I mean? Um, maybe some people do. But I know I didn't at least. I think no. the general white guy just doesn't cover, cover that much surface Pretty area. Much. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, made it risky. Second question. Did you, uh, gentleman on in the back in the ugly hat, sir? Did you at any point accidentally nail yourself in this performance? Yes, on the scrapes. <laughs> How'd that feel? It was the adrenaline was so high that it didn't hurt at all. Oh, okay. I was just so like at that point, I was just kind of like, I've got to get through this. Um, nice. I didn't really make eye contact with anyone. Yeah. After like after I pulled off my stuff, I it, I didn't really like pull off pull off my jacket and then like look at people straight in the eyes. Yeah. Well, I did. Th- I was really focused on not hitting yeah. any of my things. Nice. In my little drum pad solo. Nice. Around my junk. Nice. Yes, but no, I did hit it, and that was that got a very large crowd reaction. But I was just kind of like, eh. Just gotta finish. Just can't stop. You know what I mean? That's how I win. Yeah. And then of course they counted down from bottom to the top, and I was just kind of like, eh. my prize. I didn't have to clean up on the bus when we were finished. Nice. Rewinding back to the rules of being nice. I cleaned up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm just good at what I do. Yep. When you give me the task. Yes. <laughs> uh nice yeah basically that's the dick drum solo 
I put a couple people through some hazing rituals. Oh. There was one guy. Oh, God, I can't remember his name now. I, I don't know if I ever really knew his real name. I always <laughs> called him Gimp. Really? Yeah. It's funny you say that. The, he came to me the first day of band camp and told and said, what do you need me to do, Rich? I'll do anything. Really? Wow. Freshman. I'm a senior. And he comes up to me and he says Oh, this. Jesus Christ. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, dude, dude, you're about to learn a very valuable life lesson. So he was the gimp. Mm-hmm. I made him the gimp the entire week of band camp and pretty much the whole performing year. Um, anytime we were at practice, the gimp had to wear underwear outside of his pants. Oh, wow. So he had to put on the tidy whiteies over his <laughs> pants for every practice, for every um, every day in band class. Uh-huh. If he like, if we were in class, if we he would go to history, he would stop at the bathroom, put the underwear on over his shorts, really, and then show up in band with underwear over his shorts. <laughs> I love that. Um, there were a couple other things I had him do. I can't remember. I think, see. I don't think you were like near his main though at the same time. No, like, apparently this did. made this guy a legend. Really? Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. Because people were talking about this for years. Oh. The the shit that this guy did. And the only reason I called him the Gimp is because that was the same summer Pulp Fiction came out. And I wanted a Gimp. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. After after seeing, you know, Zed (laughs) in the the pawn shop, I was like... I love that. The main thing I grasped from that whole section of the movie is, I kind of need a Gimp. (laughs) I'm going to get me a Gimp. I don't wow. know how, but I'm going to get a gimp. Okay. And I got a gimp. You did get a gimp. That's really impressive. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but I can't, for, for the life of me, remember his real name. It's, I always called him we gimp. Don't, we don't need to name him, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day is that you remind him, yeah. or like you you were reminded of him by knowing that he was your yeah. gimp. That was, that's his name in your mind is the gimp. Yep. Wherever you are, gimp, <laughs> we're thinking about you. Yes. You're a legend. There was another guy called Bitch. <laughs> but that was because... I was, he was my, he was my transfer buddy in that he transferred into the school Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was, it was his first day and they were like, Rich, you're going to show him around, show him the ropes and everything. And I was like, okay. So I go up to him and I was like, Hey, how'd you like to be my bitch? (laughs) And he goes, okay. And I was like, Gotta be honest, I was not expecting that answer. Uh, People do incredible things to just belong. They will put up with things. Like, you know. It it was pretty funny, though, because from that point on, I called him bitch. And at first, it bothered him. Yeah. And then when somebody else called him bitch, I jumped their shit. I was like, fuck you. You do not call him bitch. He's my bitch. You call him Patrick. Tell him. And he was like, he was like. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. <laughs> From that point on, he was like, nobody else called him bitch. I was the only one that called him bitch. It's so funny because it's this weird ownership of yeah. how you treat that person and that, yeah. you know, no one else is allowed to do that. Um, yeah. We're getting close here. I'd yeah. like I'd like to talk about what I did to a freshman yes. and then let you finish up here. Go ahead. Um, we were all laying out just 
listening to our instructor talk about okay this is what we're doing this season we're hanging out doing this we're all sprawled out on the glass and on the glass on the grass and um i would always sit next to freshmen just because you know that's how you make them feel welcome you know yeah, I mean? yeah. you you, you yeah. assimilate belong, belong into them um yes make them feel like they belong and uh look over at uh new kid new freshman and i'm like and i'm sitting next to him and his prosthetic leg and i'm like huh I'm like the circle. I was like, is that the button? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And so I press the button and I snap it off and I jump up and I say, I've got the leg! <laughs> and I run the opposite direction. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was good to him otherwise. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, he was like, God damn it. Yep. And I was like, I'm never going to do that again, by the way. Yeah. Not really Here you go. You know. So, you have it back. I was this like, I don't never happen again. I don't remember if that created a problem where people kept taking his leg. I don't think so. I'm sure it happened once or twice. I'm sure throughout because you, you have band kids. One of them has a prosthetic leg. Yeah, y- yeah, they're gonna be bad. Not, not to mention high school kids are assholes in the in the, yeah. in the first place. I know I definitely only did it once, and I'm pretty sure if I saw anyone harassing him him, him in the same way that I would have nipped that shit at the bud. But yeah, you know, it was. Well, that was the thing. That, at least when I was in band, probably the same thing for you was that we took care of our own and that we could make fun of anybody that was one of us. Mm-hmm. But if anybody else did it, holy shit. Oh, yeah. You had the shit storm rain down upon so you. So true. So true. People make fun of band nerds and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we would fuck you up. Yep. Motherfuckers make fun of us. Band nerds. Fucking I'll put a drumstick up your ass. Yep. Fucking stick the other one down your throat, play some paradiddles on your fucking spleen, bitch. There was, there was a guy on the football team that was giving me shit. We were both freshmen, mm-hmm. and he was picking on me. And then, like, I told my sister about it. Mm-hmm. And about two weeks later, he was like found intoxicated in his underwear, handcuffed to another guy on the courthouse lawn. What? My sister. My sister's an attractive woman. Oh. And she was an attractive woman in high school as well. Sure. And this. So was I. The, the, yeah. I was an attractive woman in high school. Uh, weren't we all? Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, it was mentioned to football players that would really like some time with my sister that her little brother was being harassed by one of their freshmen. He was like. And they were like, well, let's stop that. Maybe then she'll look at us. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't know any of that. Really. Oh, uh, sure. But I have plausible deniability over the whole thing. Uh, that's really interesting. And I highly enjoy the idea of what might have happened there. Yes. So I guess I guess it could have been much worse for me if I had a less attractive sister. Very true. I don't know. I'll probably never know. <laughs> Unless one of you out there are listening... And well, let me know when you tweet us at WDMR Podcast. Yes. Do it. Cool. So we are are, do it. are we about wrapping up here? Yeah, about, you do it. You do it. You time? do you. Yeah. Yeah, no. we are at about a time. Pretty much. Okay. So thank you for joining us for the for this episode of When Daniel Met Rich, episode seven. The pod awakens. My crotch awakens. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but thank you for joining us. I'm Rich. I'm Marv. <laughs> no, I'm Daniel. I'm nice. a liar. I'm a dirty I fucking liar. I mean, if you're liar. Marv, am I Harry? Woohoo! Are those the burglars from Home Alone? 
Yes. Okay. Good job. Awesome. I'm afraid of marbles now. 